Boom. All right. We live. Hey, yo. All right. So, um, <laughs> already forgot what episode we're on, but, uh, episode whatever. And, uh, this is going to be the new format, I think. So, uh, I get it. You know what I mean? Hey, so a uh, new format to the show today. We'll, we will be discussing lactose intolerance, uh, the athlete slides, uh, sneaker releases, a sports topic I haven't decided yet, and then a Q&A at the end. So this is going to be the basic format, a medical topic, uh, a sneaker topic, uh, like a sneaker history topic, uh, sneaker releases, upcoming releases, a sports topic, and then a Q&A. Uh, and I do want to incorporate a live portion. So maybe the Q&A portion will just be a live portion, but we're running into technical difficulties with charging my main phone. So we're uh, using some alternatives here. So uh, let's go. So uh, first up, lactose intolerance. Uh, what I'm basically going to do is tell you if I know anything off the top of my head about that topic. And... Um, even for Q&As, maybe we can start incorporating some people asking for specific topics. But in this case, I just figure lactose intolerance is probably easy enough. Sure, well, let's do it. Um, so all I know about lactose intolerance, or what I think I know, and how about we start with what I think I know, and then we'll just correct it if it's wrong. You know what I mean? That's what the interwebs is for. Uh, am I right or am I right? Uh, I feel like I'm going to get annoyed with these Gosh darn uh, soundboard items very soon, you know? Ain't nobody got time for that. Hey, still have to replace that one, but uh, yeah, let's go. So lactose and tons, what, what do I know about it? I know that a lot of people gots it. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, I got to start introing myself for these things too, I think. Uh, I'm going to do a name reveal episode. I haven't decided when. And I wanted to do it before I left New York. Uh, it's like a thank you for 22,000 subscribers on uh, YouTube. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, but, uh, whatever, we'll work on it. So, uh, so yeah, well, I mean, this is all a work in progress. It's all about just getting after it. You know, you figure it out as you do it, not as you think about it. Nah, man. Uh, you know, shit. Yeah. All right. So, uh, lactose intolerance. Uh, I know a lot of people got it. I know that, um, there are, there are tests for it, uh, but you don't necessarily need to test for it. Like, you know, basically just Remove lactose from your diet, milk, dairy, ice cream, etc. And if you stop shitting your pants, you got it. Uh, you got it. Brody Stevens, RIP. Now, um, what else do I know about it? I know there is testing for it. They can do um, breath testing for it. Uh, but breath testing is kind of annoying, man, because it's like I haven't even like had it done, obviously, uh, let alone like seen it done. Uh, and I've never been at a facility that does it now working at two multiple hospitals. Now, none of the hospitals I've ever worked at do it. Apparently, it's a costly test. Apparently, uh, you know, it's a very tedious test uh, and doesn't reimburse very well. So there's like not a lot of incentives to do it. It's uh, something like four hours. You got to sit there, come back, sit there, come back from what I hear. But uh, let's let's just dive right in. Man. I'm going to just going to start uh, looking up this intolerance stuff and see how we can uh, figure out the gaps. Um, so uh, clinical symptoms include abdominal pain, abdominal pain, flatulence, diarrhea after ingestion of milk or milk containing products. Uh, although that's very, um, what's the word? Uh, not specific. Like you can get that set of symptoms for a bunch of different ish. Now I mean, uh, but that's just, you know, the classic symptoms. 
So, uh, these symptoms have been attributed to lactose malabsorption, which results from low levels of small intestinal lactase, which may be due to mucosal injury or, much more commonly, reduced genetic expression of the enzyme lactase fluorescein hydrolase. Uh, Yeah, so fancy way of saying... um, you know, you have this enzyme lactase, and that's a little buzz for you uh, medical students, let alone medical curiositists. Uh, anytime you see a word, uh, and then the and then uh, A's at the end, A S E. That's basically an enzyme for that thing. So lactase, it's an enzyme to break down lactose. Um, uh, what's another classic one? Um, I can't think of an obvious one off the top of my head. I'd have to hear it. But that's kind of like the, the short shortcut you can take to realize what does what. So like um, if there was a goblin A's, it would be a uh, enzyme that breaks down goblins. Now I mean, hey, so, <laughs> all right. So let's keep moving here. Uh, so now there's some different definitions to go through. So we got lactase deficiency uh, is characterized by an intestinal. Br- eh, this is boring. No one wants to know about this. Let's let's keep it to the meat and potatoes. Uh, what people really want to know. So lactose intake falls as weaning foods are introduced and eventually approaches the level ingested by adults. Basically meaning kids and babies is obviously taking a lot more milk than adults, unless you're me. Although I'll be honest, man, I haven't drank milk in a long time. I know the intro says otherwise. Hey, yo, let's skip ahead here. So in Individuals with low lactase activity, up to 75% of lactose passes unabsorbed through the small intestine towards the colon, and uh, lactose is converted to short-chain fatty acids and hydrogen gas by the intestinal bacteria, producing acetate, butyrate, and propionate. If sufficient lactose is malabsorbed, these these fermentation products and unfermented lactose cause symptoms of lactose intolerance. So basically... If you don't break down uh, the lactose in the small intestine with natural lactase in the small intestine, it passes through into the colon. And basically in the colon, um, uh, it's fermented basically by these bacteria. Um, and then that's they you know, basically shit out all these like byproducts that are not good for you. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Newborn colons and adults with low small intestinal lactase can adapt to persistent lactose ingestion through bacterial conversion of lactose to short. What? Yeah. Oh, wait. Mm, that sounds a little confusing. So why don't we just skip ahead? Um, etiology of lactose malabsorption. So the most common cause of primary lactose malabsorption, basically, you know, so earlier they were trying to refer to deficiency versus malabsorption versus, uh, what was the third term? Um, intolerance. So intolerance is clinical syndrome in which lactose ingestion causes symptoms due to malabsorption. Um, and malabsorption occurs because you don't have enough lactase, basically lactase deficiency. So they all kind of fall under the same ish. Basically, if you don't have lactase, if you don't have the enzyme uh, to break down lactose, then it's going to be not absorbed. So you get malabsorption of lactose and then you get lactose intolerance. You're intolerant of the lactose because the buildup into the colon has those bacteria um, 
basically uh, wreaking havoc on it and uh, causing a mess. So let's find our place here again. Bunch of enzyme talk, which is kind of boring. Let's skip all that. Uh, there was a piece of this I wanted to go into a little further. Um, so, um, primary lactose intolerance essentially is the, uh, the most common cause of it is acquired primary lactase deficiency acquired, meaning you started out having enough and you weren't deficient, but over time you acquired the deficiency, which I know may be a little confusing for uh, non-medical folks, but it is what it is. Um, so let's see, uh, acquired primary lactase deficiency, more fancy words that we don't need. Less common causes include congenital lactase deficiency. So congenital versus acquired means, uh, congenital means you got it as a kid, you were born with it. Acquired means you adopted it later in life or you got it later in life and you weren't born with it. Um, so, mm. Let's see. So the majority of the world's populations develop low intestinal lactase levels at preschool age. Interesting. This characteristic is most frequent in Asian and African populations. Uh, in contrast, the majority of Caucasians, whites, uh, particularly Northern European background, maintain elevated lactase activity into adulthood. Um, let's see. What? Throughout the world, that uh, uh, all right. So basically, in areas that have domesticated cows or other milk providers, those populations uh, do show maintained lactase um, activity into adulthood. And that reminds me of something I, I recall earlier. I remember someone, uh, or actually, I think I came to this conclusion myself. I was like, you know, what? maybe it's just like a. A, a body natural adaptation where it's like if you don't feed your body milk then it just starts to be like what the fuck are we doing with this enzyme we don't need it let's toss it out and then when you suddenly introduce milk or dairy or, or um, whatever into your diet then all of a sudden you got got and i mean uh as opposed to if you consistently put milk into your diet and you consistently consume dairy products then your body's gonna be like all right we better keep this enzyme around bruh so that's my understanding of it, but let's see if they reference it here. By the way, this is all according to UpToDate, which is a very popular used um, uh, index, I guess you could say, for medical providers. But there's a lot of stuff in here that's really not helpful sometimes, at least from a clinical level or, or like a base level, um, as opposed to like really nerdy research level. So I'm trying to like sift through that for y'all uh, and, and tease out the good ish. And maybe in the future, I'll like pre go through these although i feel like this is more organic we're like kind of learning it together which would actually be a lot easier for me to bust out a longer content which a lot of people enjoy uh especially youtube am i right exposed <laughs> and um alternatively i'll be less inclined to do this if it feels like a homework assignment you know what i'm saying like if i have to like prepare beforehand it's just like oh man but if i can like talk my way through it and entertain you at the same time that'd be a lot easier for me to do but let me know if you have a preference one way or the other but uh, let's keep them moving uh in some of these groups there's evidence for convergent evolution of lactase persistence okay so that's kind of what i was implying where like if you keep the need for it around it's gonna stick around uh Although genetic analysis has established that lactase persistence in adulthood is inherited. Hmm. 
but the molecular basis is incompletely understood. Great. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to skip all the mumbo jumbo of the enzyme talk, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Congenital lactase deficiency, which again is when you have, um, uh, you're just born with it where you just don't have enough lactase is a rare autosomal recessive disorder, meaning it's just an inherited thing and they have diarrhea at birth. And, uh, let's see, it's kind of weird though. What do they take in for food then? Probably just like supplement non boob milk, which does not contain lactase. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Secondary lactose malabsorption. So you can develop it because of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where, uh, again, so usually you have a, a huge population of bacteria in your colon compared to your small intestine. And if though, if that lactose reaches there because it didn't get absorbed in the small intestine because you didn't have enough lactase, then they'll wreak havoc on it. Similarly, if you have bacterial overgrowth where it kind of like seeps into the small bowel, the small intestine, instead of just the colon, then they're going to start fermenting right then and right there. So uh, that could cuck you, you know. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Diagnosis should be suspected from the clinical history and from a very early peak of breath hydrogen during lactose challenge. And that's the breath test I was talking about, which... Um, uh, uh, I don't know that I really want to go into too many of the details unless it like mentions it later, but we'll see. Uh, hmm, small intestine infection or inflammation that causes flattening of the villi or damage to the intestinal layer can result in lactose malabsorption. Uh, you know, shit. I mean, think about it. If you mess with the villi, the absorption part of your small bowel in any way, you know, infection or otherwise, then yeah, it's not going to be able to absorb the lactose. So yeah, idea, what idea. Now, let's see. Uh, clinical manifestations, we kind of refer to this already, just your typical flatulence, upset stomach, abdominal pain, diarrhea, bloating, day, do, day, do, day. Ooh, in addition, adolescents may have symptoms of vomiting. All right, whatever. Um... Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, the, this is this is the the key feature here. There is considerable variability in symptoms among patients with lactose intolerance. So it's kind of a waste of time to like look for specific ones. It's like if you have anything in general to that set of symptoms, then that's something you should suspect, especially if it's happening right after you're having any kind of lactose containing ish. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. All right, let's fast forward to individuals varying their sensitivity to the abdominal distension. Yeah, see, so it's, it's, it's just variable. Patients with diarrhea due to lactose intolerance have a stool. Uh, that's boring. No one needs to know that. That's a lot more medical school friendly, which I'm not opposed to doing like more medical school friendly topics, but I feel like there's so many good teachers in the online space for that. Like there's no real need for me to try to enter that space. They do a good job. That's how I learned. Shout out Dr. Fisher, Dr. Najib, Dr. Uh, Golion, Golgen, whatever. Um, shout out to y'all. Boom. Let's see. Diagnosis. So the diagnosis should be considered in patients with those classic symptoms. In adults, diarrhea is a rare symptom. Interesting. Hmm, I did not know that. I would think it would be the most common symptom, but hey, yo. 
presumptive diagnosis can be made in patients with mild symptoms that occur within a few hours after a significant lactose ingestion. In this case, meaning greater than two servings of dairy a day or greater than one serving in a single dose that is not associated with a meal. So basically, if you just chug some milk um, and presumptive diagnosis means you just kind of base that diagnosis on that and no further testing, you know, uh, just based on the clinical history. Always goes back to clinical history is quite important. All right. Now, um, Hmm. Let's fast forward here. In clinical practice, a provocative test, which is an oral lactose load, 50 grams in a glass of water, and monitoring for symptoms over four hours may also hint to the diagnosis. But (laughs) I don't know, man. Do you want to go through (laughs) that much of a, basically torture if you really do have it, just to find out you may have it? It's just like, come on, son. A lactose hydrogen breath test with simultaneous symptom assessment confirms the diagnosis of lactose malabsorption if the breath test is abnormal. Excuse me. And of intolerance in patients who do not want to be a lact... What? I don't know what that means. Uh, Let's see. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Lactose breath hydrogen test. I guess we could explore this a little bit. Simple to perform, non-invasive, has a sensitivity and specificity that are superior to the absorption test. So basically, instead of doing the water with a bunch of lactose test in it, the actual breath test is a lot more um, sensitive and specific for the diagnosis. 78 and 98% respectively. So if you have a positive test, you got a positive test. Um, let's see but the tricky part is if you get a negative test it doesn't necessarily rule out that you don't have it although 78 percent is still pretty good you know uh let's see in children oral lactose in the fasting state at a dose of two grams per kilogram oh my god what the fuck uh, so breath test is sampled at baseline and at 30 minute intervals after the ingestion for three hours. So it's at least a three hour test and you're checking in with them every, uh, every half hour, um, assess symptoms simultaneously on a scale from zero to five. Um, and in addition, ask for the presence of diarrhea. Yes, no. Uh, and then you want to see a rise in hydrogen concentration of 20 parts per million over, I'm assuming that's what PPM is. If I remember high school correctly, uh, over baseline is considered diagnostic of lactose malabsorption. An increase of symptoms of two over baseline is considered diagnostic. Uh, in most patients, the hydrogen and the symptom peak occur 90 to 120 minutes So basically an hour and a half to two hours into the test and the test may be stopped if a diagnostic increase has been achieved. So if you hit that 20 threshold or that symptom increase threshold, although I don't really like that too much, uh, then, um, then that's good enough. So, uh, let's go back to this. Uh, I lost my place. Oh my. Um, Hmm. I think that's good enough, you know. Well, I guess all they're trying to say is using both factors together, like the numbers, the objective numbers, and the symptom index, which is more subjective, together will give you a better, clear picture of if you have the diagnosis. But again, you can make that presumptive diagnosis where, hey, do you drink milk or eat yogurt or eat ice cream and then shit your pants a little bit later? Then you got lactose intolerance? Yep. Get it? You got milk. 
del- not delay um, issues. <laughs> God damn it. I'll get funnier. I'll get funnier with time. I promise. Uh, I promise, mama. Uh, let's see. Let's just skip ahead here. Uh, bottom line is I would, I would recommend not getting the test and just, you know, really just doing like a food diary and seeing, yo, am I getting symptoms after I eat anything with milk type products in it or nah? I mean, okay. Now there are other tests, but I really don't want to go into these. Like we really shouldn't be pushing alternative tests. Like that's not even the point. Uh, so now more importantly, management, what do we do about this? The goal of management is to eliminate symptoms. Uh, you know, shit. Cool. Uh, but, um, but the key is to eliminate symptoms while maintaining calcium and vitamin D intake. Uh, so dietary lactose restriction, that's step one and enzyme replacement. So there are commercially available lactase enzyme preparations, uh, so that's an option. I know some of you take those, those little lactate pills. Is it called Lactaid? I believe that's the brand name, but maybe not. Uh, live culture yogurt is an alternative source of calories and calcium and may be well tolerated by most lactose intolerant patients. However, yogurts that contain milk or milk products added back after fermentation may produce symptoms. Again, you know, shit. Yeah, no shit. Um, let's see, what else can you do? So you can take those lactase enzyme preparations, but these products are not cap- capable of completely hydrolyzing all dietary lactose, and the results achieved in individual re- patients are variable. Way to cover your ass, but it's true, you know. Um, let's see. The other thing to do. Um uh, Routine daily consumption of lactose-containing products may be better tolerated than intermittent consumption. And again, that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier. You can't just like cut it totally out and then try to put it back in. But just like any other food, you know, you you get a vegetarian who suddenly starts eating meat again all of a sudden. Be prepared for some upset stomach. Uh, Let's see. I do want to just skip ahead. I'm kind of bored already with this topic. And key is uh, if I'm bored, then you guys might be bored too. Although I'm still trying to judge that. Like what's boring to me and what's not to you? Nah, man. All right. Lactose. Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Enzyme replacement we went through. Calcium and vitamin D. Obviously, you can take pills and and supplements for that without taking milk. So, AO. And that's kind of it. And there is a little summary here, but I feel like we hit all the key points. And to be honest, maybe in the future, I'll just hit the summary points. And then if you have additional questions, maybe on the next episode of each new episode, maybe we'll run it back and answer those specific questions by referencing back the same index in depth. So maybe that's the move here. Maybe we'll keep it limited to like the key uh, summary and recommendations. And then if, if something's unclear, or you want some additional information on a particular part, we just go back and dig or dig into the meat a little more. Um, so there's that there's lactate lactose intolerance for you. Great. I really hope someone can help me fix this delay thing on this thing. Like, why does it do it sometimes and not other times? Like, in another 20 minutes, this is going to fix itself for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, so, hey, there we go. We just successfully completed our first medical topic. Hey, yeah. So, um, this has been a component of the podcast. Um, Stick around for more segments or see you on the full. Because I am going to be keeping these um, segmented for YouTube 
just so that if people are interested in a particular thing, but they want to see more, they'll have a plug for them to come back and see something else. But maybe we'll adjust it based on post. We'll see. All right. Next topic, uh, the sneaker topic, uh, sneaker history topic, which is outlet slides. Annoying. Okay. So, uh, great. Stop it. Stop it. Totally. All right. So, um, now what those are, are these. I don't know if you guys uh, recall these, the Adelette slides. You see a lot of people rocking these. A lot of people rock the Nike versions as well, but I decided to go with these. And these aren't even my most, definitely they can't be the most comfortable slides just because like uh, they're not comfortable. So I imagine there are some that are like super comfy. Uh, and obviously the Gucci slides are pretty uh, Gucci flip flops are pretty popular. Uh, but I went with these classics and I'll tell you why. Um, I don't want to screw up the uh, the history details, and I believe the history is um, fairly succinct. So we'll just uh, you know pull up an article real quick and review it, because um, there wasn't really too much to it. But because of its historic nature, that's why I went with it. So um, let's see. So, uh, actually, this is a reference from Wikipedia about slides in general. So, a slide is just a, um, a nickname for, you know, backless, open-toed, flippy-floppy, all right? Um, Lonely Island triggered. And so, the history of it, it can be traced back to ancient Rome, which, of course, if you, you know, look at any, like, tunic picture of ancient Roman folk, uh, you clearly see, like, a similar iteration of a slide, Um but even ancient Egypt and ancient Greece uh, have references of them. Um, and then let's see, the popularity of the slides in the United States started in the late 1960s. Uh, why? They don't really have a good answer for me, but it would it Across the world in Germany, the brand Birkenstock created the first fitness slide. Interesting. Huh. So I guess... I didn't know that part. I know I knew that the you know Birkenstocks are obviously pretty historic, and I've been thinking about picking up a pair to be honest with you, because I do hear that those are very comfortable, and that they um, uh, kind of form to your foot over time. The longer you wear them, and just just become very personalized. And I think I'd seen a history video on that before, but maybe I'll, I'll make my own in the future if I ever do pick up a pair. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But anyway, so. Uh, I was wrong in thinking it was the first slide, but I was right about this. Adidas invented the well-known Adelette pool slide. So this was really meant mostly for pool use, even though people use any and all versions of slides. Well, maybe not the higher end ones, but, um, or the ones with like fur on it, although that would be high end, I guess. But yeah, these are definitely more of like a pool slide or shower slide, but clearly you can use it for like general purposes, which is what I does. Uh, and many of y'all do now. Um, and uh, I remember the main use of it was people after soccer practice in high school or middle school, like they would change out of their cleats, put on the, uh, the flippe flappes, uh, just as a comfort thing. You know, your feet are all swollen up for playing and kicking all day. And then it's kind of like a nice little, ah, ooh, yeah. But uh, I never would do that because I was like, bro, I'll just go home in my cleats and just, you know, shower and not have to like scum up a, a pair of, uh, flippy floppies, but you know, I was, uh, weird. Now, um, this is not very helpful as far as the, um, the specific Adidas, uh, history of it, but 
let me see if this one gives me the answer because I remember reading this back when I first bought it because I was trying to decide how to how to uh, make a decision on which ones to buy. So here's yeah, here's the story. So Adidas invented the Adelette sandal to protect German soccer players from dirty showers uh, because you know you have these communal showers, especially with sports athletes who have been sweating the ath off, and then you'll have these group showers that are gross, can be unhealthy, and then um, let's see. Uh, you know, you'd be catching diseases in the shower because, you know, there are some people I can't believe don't like even understand this on a common sense perspective. But like, dude, don't walk around barefoot. I remember meeting kids growing up who just like loved walking around their yard barefoot or really anywhere across the world and shit. I'm just like, bro, I don't know what's wrong with you, bro, because you can actually absorb worms and like bacteria, funguses right into your feet, into your body. And so that's not smart. And Big ups to Adidas for being like, yeah, now nah, we got to protect our players, man. Let's give them some slides. Adilette. Adidas. So, yeah, I mean, that's really the, the brunt of the history of the slide. So, um, yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in on that. And uh, stay tuned for more sneaker history segments on the podcast. But uh, Or stick around for another segment of the podcast with this episode. Uh, so, that was good. Great. So delighted. Uh, let's move on to sneaker releases. Let's see what's being released this week, if at all. So um, if anyone has like a good aggregated sneaker release calendar that I could look at, uh, that's very popular with folks or that you highly recommend so that I can just have it all one place. I know where to go each time I do an episode and we'll just, you know, keep them moving. I mean, so let me see. Sneaker releases. Although the trick with this is I may have to like record this out of order or like make this a different podcast. Cause like I'm so backlogged with other podcast episodes and I don't want to go out of order. If like, I, cause I, I feel like I could bust this out much quicker than the regular episodes, especially if I, you know, film like four a day, even if I hand them off to editors, unless I start getting a bunch more editors to help out. Damn. I don't know. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Well, I don't need this delayed soundboard for that one. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, in the future. And then if also with the sneak release thing, I feel like I'm overthinking it, but, um, but I feel like I would have to make this a recurring episode only like one day a week or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just, let's just take a look and maybe I'll just have something that catches my eye and I'll be like, all right, yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, as of today, June 29th, what, is it today the 29th? Yeah. So today the uh, Nike Air Max 90 B true released and I'm kind of a fan. It looks pretty good. Plus the whole pride theme to it. Cool. But, um, you know, just not something I find myself wearing consistently. So I'm going to pass on that. Uh, the Adidas Yeezy 700 utility black, you know, I got the wave runner, so I'm good. You know, none of the other colors have blown me away other than the, um, the bluish one with the little bops of uh, beige pinkish or whatever. I forgot the name of that colorway even, but like it just n nothing blew me away as, as well as the wave runner. And clearly it shows because it, you know, Adidas is again, re-releasing the wave runner. Good for them, man. I'm glad I spent 700 bucks on the resale market. Yeesh. Jesus. So, um, Let's just keep it moving here. So actually, these releases are all former releases, but ooh, this one really caught my eye. Actually, the uh, the Concepts New Balance nine nine seven Esrook, whatever that means, I don't know. I was just watching a full size run, and they were talking about uh, the story behind it. 
Um, Esrook, I don't understand that. So, uh, so yeah, but here they, they talk about the story of the shoes. So why don't we talk about it real quick? Because this is a cool box, too. Wow, this, these shoes are gorgeous. I'm, I'm like on the fence if I should really go for these or not, but whatever. So, so there was the Red Sox owner, Harry Frazee. Although now I feel like we're turning this into another sneaker, sneaker history segment, which I guess you guys don't mind, right? But uh, fuck it, let's just see how it goes, right? So you got the Red Sox owner, Harry Frazee, Frazee, sold Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in 1919, reportedly reportedly to fund his Broadway ventures. Uh, it cast a pall upon Boston's beloved baseball team and begun the fabled Curse of the Bambino, because all the way from 1919 until most recently 2004, Boston didn't win at all. So it was like the Curse of the Bambino. And so, um, uh, yeah, that was fun while it lasted. And then ever since Boston's won, like, Jesus, how many uh, how many titles compared to the Yankees? Not that I'm a huge baseball fan, but it is what it is. I almost feel like this is rolling into our sports topic. So maybe that, maybe that's what this is. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, actually, no, I don't want to do that. This is this is like history for sure. Uh, so let's see. Concepts and New Balance are paying homage, uh, or is it homage, to the infamous trade sale monumental blunder with a brand new New Balance 997S titled the S-Rook, a fitting project as Concept was founded in Boston and also has a store in New York. What that has to do with the name of it, I don't know, but maybe they'll explain. So let me just read ahead here. Um, a luxurious pigskin suede upper dressed in a regal purple, pink, and gold color scheme with reflective detailing. The retooled midsole sheds weight but retains comfort thanks to NCAP tech. And everything's finalized by co-branded insoles, a unique box, and extra set of laces. Jesus, man, this extra... If the unique box is like part of every release, I may have to freaking go for these. I don't know, man. Um... Oh, so that's what they teased. Dion Point, the um, creative director of Concepts. I remember, uh, shout out to the camp out. He reposted this photo on his uh, Instagram of these amazing, beautiful looking pink New Bounces. And I was like, damn, son, where'd you find this? And uh, I guess this is what those, those were. So why they called the Esrook, I don't know. But maybe that was the name of the play that he was, uh, that that uh, Boston owner was trying to fund. I don't know, man. Maybe that's another reason why uh, you got to prefer sports over uh, Broadway, I guess. Am I right? Just kidding. Do whatever makes you happy. But uh, I'm definitely more of a sports guy than a musical guy. But yeah, man, this is, this is gorgeous. This is gorgeous. But again, someone explained the color scheme choices, but I can't seem to find why. But no, whatever. Not, the, not that huge of a deal. Uh, Kith, I guess, yesterday also released the uh, Kith Swakany Gridweb. Uh, which are, these are kind of cool looking, but you know, it is what it is. I don't think I'm going to go for those. Uh, is anything else here catching my eye again? These are all old releases. So I don't feel like, I don't know, man, you guys, uh, this is on sneaker news, but, uh, if you guys have a better place to go for sneaker release calendars, that would be great. Uh, I know the Nike zoom freak one recently debuted. Nah, Greek freak is dope, but like, eh, just same thing with Kyrie. I just like, don't relate to them as players, let alone to their sneakers. So I'm just kind of skipping. Plus I don't need an excuse to start collecting more signature sneaker lines. Kobe and LeBron alone are enough. Jesus. 
Uh, yeah, nothing else is really catching my eye. So, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Next, let's go to sports, man. I really want to talk about this uh, Lakers-ish, baby. I'm telling you, if, if we – so I'm a Lakers fan, for those that don't know um actually before we do that uh, signing off on sneaker release uh, segment uh sticker uh, this is annoying right you don't want to like sign off each segment or maybe i'll do like um like a uh a standardized one uh, probably with better lighting and then i'll just use that as like a thanks for watching this segment of the podcast tune in for the next one maybe i'll do that yeah so that's what we'll do well see this is why you do things because you can figure it out on the fly, baby. I wouldn't have figured that out in my head, no matter how hard I funk. I would have just had to do it to figure out how to do it. Nah, man. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving. So, uh, sports topics. So, uh, huh. Apparently, Irving Nets moving towards four-year deal. Interesting. So, I guess the rumors were true, but who cares? <laughs> but again, yeah. So, I'm a Lakers fan, and... Um, as a Lakers fan, uh, obviously we've had some tough times since uh, Kobe uh, left us. Uh, it's been tough, but uh, and I have a joke about this in my stand-up with Fairweather fans and all that ish. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be into the Lakers again, man, because they're going to be exciting to watch. Uh, granted, I was I was hopeful this past year, but then you know LeBron had to pull his groin. Am I right? Thanks, dude slash Obama. Um, but uh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, that was an exciting time, man. We were bodying, bodying the Warriors. And then he had to pull his groin. And yeah, we still won that game last year. Was it on Christmas? I can't remember. And then, uh, yeah, just nothing was the same. Drake triggered. And so uh, now uh, LeBron hopefully will be back much healthier. And uh, we got AD, which uh, I- I'm loving what I'm hearing with a lot of other folks who are just like, yo, man. AD and LeBron in the pick and roll is going to be unstoppable. And it remains to be seen, but it makes sense. I mean, he's a very mobile big man. Uh, LeBron's a very bumble pseudo big man. So, and a very good ball handler. So, oof. And plus he's expanded his range. I always said uh, in the 07, 08, 09 era of LeBron, like, yo, if this guy gets a three-pointer, y'all in trouble. And I think that range true now. And not that it's super consistent, but it's way more consistent than when he was a young pup. Now, I mean, now, uh, fast forward. Now there's rumors that Kawhi could be coming in. And if we get Kawhi, holy loaded, Lord have mercy. I thought hurricane season was over. I mean, golly, that would be OD man. Oh, a D that'd be amazing. And, uh, you know, I think it's, if I had to put money on it, I would guess he's going to stay with the Raptors, but I don't know, man. Like, part of me, too, is just like, yo, he wants to come home because he's an L.A. boy. Nah, man. Um, but, yeah, I guess it remains to be seen. And then a lot of people are saying the Clippers rumor, but it's just like, ugh, why would you do the Although he could do the, for the Clippers what he did for the Raptors, you know, which is a make him relevant. Am I right? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, Raptors fans. I was a Raptors fan briefly when uh, Vince God, I was doing this thing up there, you know, before I know who Kobe was, I was just like a huge Vince Carter fan. No, I shouldn't say huge, you know, I wasn't a huge, huge basketball fan back then in the early 2000 era, uh, quickly transitioned to Kobe and the Lakers, but it would be story for another time. Maybe that'll be a segment in and of itself, how I became a Lakers fan. But anyway, or, or what my sports team preferences are to begin with, uh, maybe that, yeah, maybe that should just be the next segment. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, back to uh, the Lakers. See, if we get Kawhi, that'd be dope. 
Because think about it, man. Kawhi, LeBron James, and AD, and Kuz. Ooh. Golly. I don't know why I just did that, but it eat, would it eat. Uh, moving on. So, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm not, again, too super excited about it. Like, if it happens, it happens. But uh, the other interesting caveat here is if we get D'Angelo Russell, who kind of was balling last year, you know what I mean? And especially you surround D'Angelo Russell with LeBron James and AD and Kuz. Ooh-wee. That would be fun, man. That would be a fun watch. Plus, it's got the whole, you know, cold ice running through his veins type uh, special move. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to see in 2K. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on the Lakers and the excitement that's going on right there. So actually, we're going to find out soon because uh, it's July. It's June 29th. Uh, July 1st is the opening of free agency. So let's see what happened, Captain. Not me. All right, moving on. Next and final topic, Q&A. Uh, don't have, obviously, this is a new thing we're doing here so i don't a we're not live so i can't uh get into that let's see how this uh, battery's doing battery's not doing great but um we could probably still do it man what do you think should we do it should we just start the live segment this time we probably should just to see how it goes but i thought i had a segment yeah um i do have still some pending lists of questions i still haven't answered for you guys uh which i probably should get to but maybe i'll hold off on that maybe let's just go live here and see if the folks got any questions for me, um, and then we'll wrap this up. What is this? 40 minutes? Not bad, man. I guess we could truly make this like a one hour thing. Uh, not bad at all. So let me go live and we'll see what happens. Oh, whoops. I forgot to reverse it. Turn around camera. Hey, yo, we live, baby. So uh, you guys see me live here. Or no, you guys don't see me live there. Uh, these folks are perhaps seeing me live here. Folks, I'm here doing the podcast. And um, it's a new segment. It's a new uh, setup. And uh, maybe I should just wait for a few of you before I tell you what's about to happen here. Uh, hey, yeah, what to do? Yeah, we'll do a few shout outs here. Uh, actually, why don't I do that? I'll start shouting out people that join the podcast. So who do we got live right now? We've got um, shout out to Ram Stable, Ali Abbas G, The Real Dust, Kaplan MO2, Vip Kicks, Demetrio Drobles, Demetrio D. Robles, perhaps? Yeah, Demetrio Robles. Sebastian Cardoso. Cool, cool, cool. That's dope. That's dope. But I feel like I won't be able to keep up with these unless I keep refreshing. But let me try again. Let's see. Um, any other new names here? Uh, Mato Henderson. Uh, Colin Q17. Uh, Murtada, Murtada Majid. Lucas Carrot. Uh, Maximilian Luetz, Lutz. Let's. Ian Burns. Uh, I feel like we got a few more here, but uh, yeah, what's up, bro? Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate you. Um, did I catch up on all the topics? I think so. So here's how this works, folks. I'm uh, filming the podcast live from uh, Iowa, and um, I'm going to start doing a live Q&A segment that will later go on YouTube as part of like its own segment. So uh, if anyone's got any questions, throw them at me. We'll do this for about you know, 11 minutes or so, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, so, Dario Benka, Gahan Mullen, Mateo Cabrerad, Perch Patchworks, Charlie Boss. Um, yeah, so shout them out, man. 
Hey, Doc, if you need some kicks, hit me up anytime. I'd be so down to sell to my favorite YouTuber. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. What's up, Ben RN10? Any questions? Let's go, guys. I got to I gotta produce some content here. So maybe live isn't the best option for this segment of the podcast because, uh, uh, you know, it's, we got to have questions here. LeBron or Jordan? Ah, dude, that's a tough debate. Actually, I'm going to maybe I'm going to write that down for like a, a future Q&A. You know what I mean? How much do I spend a week on kicks? Uh, hold on. I'm going to put this down for a second. Uh, I don't spend like a, you know, a set amount of time on, um, kick budget. It's just like, yo, if there's like 11 releases that week that I'm into, I'm buying all 11. If there's none, I'm buying none. So it's not like a week to week thing. It's more like, um, uh, you know, what it is. So for sports, before I forget Jordan versus LeBron, I'm going to save that question and make that the dedicated sports topic next week. So how this works is we've got, um, a medical topic. I'll be starting at the top of the podcast, the show. Uh, then we'll be doing a sneaker history video, um, then a sneaker history topic. Then we'll be doing a sneaker release topic, which I need some help with, which you can reference on YouTube when I get this episode up as far as like what kind of help I need setting up. Basically what I need, and you can slide into my DM right now if you have an option for me. I need like a good aggregator of what releases are coming out in a relative month or so, so that I can like, just kind of like bust those videos out as far as like sneaker releases and my thoughts on them. Hey, yo, hey, yo, day, do, day, do. Uh, and then we'll be doing a sports topic, which I'm guessing next week is going to be Jordan versus LeBron. And then we'll be doing a Q and a either live or, you know, we'll incorporate the live into its own segment. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. I missed a couple questions here and I, it's probably going to be impossible for me to like stay up to date with these, um, questions as we go. Um, but I'll do my best, at least with this first one. So favorite pair of kicks. I got to say the Red Octobers, baby. Uh, what's your favorite New Balance sneaker of all time? I got to say the 997 Butterscotch, baby. The first one I ever got. The one that got me into New Balance before, back when I was like, yo, New Balance is for dads. Ew, it's not cute. And then uh, later, I was just like, yo, these are fire. Especially because with the packaging. Bro, packaging is everything. Let me tell you. Um Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Iran gang. Ayo, gang, gang, gang. Do you think Yeezy should make a new model? Uh, yep. But am I kind of happy that they don't? Yep. Because that means less Yeezys for me to buy. Because I always buy one of every new silhouette of Yeezys. So, um, you know, I'd hate to have to, you know, keep buying new ones if they keep doing it. How hard is it to juggle work as a doctor and having a YouTube channel? Dude, it's hard. Yeah, YouTube, podcasting, comedy, doctoring. It's just like, Lord have mercy. I thought hurricane season was over. But it ain't. I'm still at this-ish. So it's not easy, man. There's a lot of stress behind the scenes. But I try to limit that for y'all. So I'm trying to show y'all a good time. And I do try to keep it positive most of the time but it is difficult uh but a lot of it also has to do with the fact that my brain is wired different so like i can just like keep going at certain things when other people are just like oh that's a lot so i don't know i don't know uh let's see who else has a question here how hard was it to get into medical school it was pretty tough man and i do have a dedicated video on how i got into medical school on my youtube channel so feel free to uh, reference that i have a medical playlist and a q a playlist there's a lot of overlap in the videos on that playlist so feel free to check that out and, and look for the specific topic you're looking for or just search engine it hopefully it works if you type in dr souls 11 should pop up 11 uh your hair is popping Thanks, B. Bro, I know you from back in the early 2000s. My cousin used to hang out with you. Oh, oh, that's you, bro. Yo, what's up? Troy gang, 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 what it do? That's crazy. That's what's up. Tell him uh, I said this. What do you think of the most recent off-whites that dropped? Uh, the Tiger 
Terra Kiger fives. I always want to say Tiger Kura five or whatever. Uh, I haven't gotten them yet, man. They are in the mail. They're shipped, and I should be getting them soon. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll hope to um, you know get my thoughts on them. But so far, I'm a fan, man. Anything similar to the Yeezy question. I'm kind of being pissed anytime Virgil drops something new because like I feel like I have to get it. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. What do you think of the most recent? Okay, we throw that one under hyped shoes on your radar that you're thinking about getting under hyped shoes on my radar perhaps the uh, samson pumas the ogs that they brought back been thinking about those but haven't really pulled that trigger uh, but we'll see you know that's uh, the only thing that comes to mind currently if not gi what other medical field would have you gone into Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. What would I have gone into? I probably would have stuck to hospitalist. I did want to do ER. I just didn't get into any uh, programs, really. Or I, did, I really didn't get enough interviews to like make me feel comfortable that I would match. Uh, although, in retrospect, I don't know if ER would be a good lifestyle for me. That shit is high-paced AF in certain places, especially for the kind of money I'd be looking for. So I probably would stick with just hospitalist, I'm guessing. But there was a bunch of fields I went through that I was like, yo, I want to do all this-ish. So, uh, yeah, you know, what you going to do? favorite asics Ooh, that's tough that's tough i want to say the jelly five uh volcanoes are on the short list the salmon toe 1.0s are obviously on the short list um uh, the sage jelly fives are incredible too uh the rose gold gt2s there's a bunch man but um, if i had to pick one and only one probably just the volcano jelly fives i want to say just purely from a comfort and look perspective not that the jelly fives aren't or jelly threes aren't uh, comfortable but those are od comfy uh what's your favorite adidas out um favorite adidas i mean i guess i got to call back my uh my uh claim to fame adidas superstars because uh, that was the first love and i mean uh like the cut thank you appreciate it although i haven't had a haircut in a couple weeks but it would it thought on the bread ones re-release i don't know that that's gonna happen i have my qualms about that i don't know if that's a real thing i really don't think so but if it is it is. I mean, they just came out in 2016. Why would they do another one in 2019? Unless there's like a special component to it, like a not a satin, but like something. I don't know. They're going to do something weird with it. I don't know if they do it, but I don't know. I haven't heard enough rumors about it to like be convinced. So I always usually wait for like leaked pictures. That's like kind of my first clue. Is like, okay, maybe this is serious. Where did I get those glasses? Oliver Peoples. This is the Gregory Peck model. Um, uh, you know, I was looking for a classic 1960s looking ish, and this fit the bill. And you can get them in multiple colors. Thinking about picking up another pair in the um, turtle shell uh, colorway, if you will, because uh, that's, I believe, what he was wearing in the actual movie To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's why I love these glasses. Uh, we need more recent NMD huge shoes. I don't know if we need them, but uh, I'm sure they're coming. I mean, they keep, um, you know, they keep uh, putting those out all at the time uh let's see who else is around here come on um release an og high cuts i mean didn't they already do that in 2016 i don't know man let's see damn props to you thank you favorite working comedian today Ooh, probably andrew schultz probably andrew schultz yeah he's going man he's going but there's a bunch on my short list like we got tim dylan crushes it every time i see him and his podcast, Jesus. Ooh, Giannis Papas, man. Don't sleep on Giannis Papas. Chris DiStefano. Um, who else is on my short list that I love seeing? Um, no other names really. Oh, Mark Norman's great. Mark Norman. Uh, there's a bunch, man. I, I can't. Caitlin Palufo, yo. Caitlin Palufo's a beast. Yo, she crushes it, dude. I was dying. 
I was dying when I saw her. She's amazing. Uh, if one brand you had to wear for the rest of your life. Oh, man, that's tough. Fuck. One brand for the rest of my life. I gotta say Nike just because they have the biggest catalog. So I could like go high end, low end, uh, sporty, luxurious. Like uh, they're covering a mad ton of bases. Know what I mean, so yeah. And then top five, that's, I don't know if I have enough time to go into that now, but uh, maybe ask again. We'll see in the future. Where do I live? I live in New York. Your apartment is nice. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Uh, oh, Amir. Okay, okay. Do you have a P.O. box for fan mail? Not yet, but man, if this keeps up, I'll definitely get one. Uh, which comedy club do you perform at? Uh, I mean, I technically perform at all of them. It's just that there are open mics. <laughs> I don't do actual shows yet. I'm not good enough. I haven't been passed. Um, I did do well in my Broadway comedy club, quote, audition, uh, which uh, they said they'll have me back for one more spot on a professional show in August. So, um, yeah, August was the 16th or 18th, whichever day of those is a Sunday. I'm performing at the 10 o'clock show or 10 10 is my time block. So that's when I'll be performing. So, yeah, if you're looking for a good show um, with professionals on it, um, plus me, uh, that'll be happening that August Sunday. Um, let's see, get haircut. <laughs> I really do need to come up with a solution for this hair. Cause it is starting to get a little annoying. Like what, how far am I going to take this really? You know what I mean? Favorite stand-up com comedian of all time. Easy Patrice O'Neill. Uh, how to hold this L the hairs on point. <laughs> now that's funny. Uh, let's see. What's up? What's up? How long do you want to be a doctor for? Any plans to dip out early and pursue something else? Not really. I feel like I've talked about this number of times before on the podcast, uh, let alone on these Q and a IG lives and other places. Like, I don't know that I could ever leave medicine purely simply because like it keeps me grounded. Like I feel bad for people that are like purely in the creative art space because sometimes you'll lose your mind, man. Especially when someone shoots a negative comment at you and you're just like, damn, am I really bad? Like, who's to know? It's all so subjective in the creative space. But like with medicine, it's just like, bro, say whatever the fuck you want. I'm a doctor. I save lives, B. Say whatever the fuck you got to say. I can take it. So that's my attitude towards that. What is your favorite SB? Ooh, favorite SB? Damn, son, where'd you find this? Ooh, favorite, oh, favorite SB. Okay, if you were going to say favorite dunk, Syracuse dunks for sure. Uh, if you're going to say um, uh, favorite SB dunk, damn, man, I got to say the the uh, pigeons, obviously. Pigeon dunks, duh. New York. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for asking. Do you prefer the pink, black, or OG off-white zoom fly? I prefer the pink... Um, but the black was nice. I briefly had that. I made videos on both. Uh, the OG was just like too white and clearly it was going to yellow and just, I don't like it all that much, but you know, whatever floats your boat. Have you ever gotten a comment from your patients about your kicks or hair? Uh, yep. Not as often as you would think. The hair, definitely a lot more. Uh, the kicks, not so much. Occasionally they'll see a shoe that they like and they're like, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, um, they really don't know what they're looking at. So, you know, they don't really say anything, but, uh, but anyway, um, you saw me at refinery rooftop, but didn't want to say hi since you seem busy. I mean, you could say hi. <laughs> I would prefer you say hi. 
yeah, folks, if you see me in the in the in the uh, crowds, please say hi. I would be more than happy to say hi back. Um, a kid stopped me actually uh, uh, last a couple of weeks ago while I was in New York, and it was just like. <gasps> I was just like, yo, who is this guy? I was a little scared, but they say, oh, bro, you're like the first public figure I've ever met. Keep it up. I love it. I was just like, whoa, I don't know about public figure, but that's kind of cool, man. It's kind of cool that you guys uh, are fans, supporters. I appreciate it. Pigeon dogs all the way. I agree. I appreciate the latecomers coming in here. Uh, I think we should wind this down, though. Uh, Sad it. What's going on, Askifa? Uh, but yeah, appreciate you guys sticking around. Uh, this is, again, just to wrap this up, this is part of uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm doing like a live Q&A segment at the end. I don't know if I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, assume, what do you call it? Um, that this is going to be like a regular recurring segment. But, um, you know, I'm not sure yet. I don't know if this is like as wise or not, but you guys let me know if this flowed okay for you, then we'll keep it in as like a live thing. If we, um, what do you call it? If we decide that we're going to just structure it where maybe I'll do the live as its own thing, maybe at the very, very end. And then I pull, pull some questions from there to put into the Q and a segment as a dedicated thing, especially if it's a question I got to think on like a, you know, Jordan versus LeBron type of debate or whatever, as suggested earlier, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. This was fun. This, uh, this flow, this was maybe the quickest hour of my life. I mean, granted we're at 56 minutes, but, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was with a big group of people, but uh, we were having a good time just dancing and ish. You should have you said hi. People can't say hi. It's all good. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll be out here in Iowa for uh, a little bit here. And then I uh, got a few other updates coming. Definitely will be working on more of this. And again, just to clue you guys in um, what this uh, format is going to be, I'm basically going to start with a medical topic at the beginning of the podcast. We'll roll that into a sneaker history video. Um, and then, uh, let's see, then we'll do a sneaker release segment. If you guys can help me find a place that has like a good aggregated, um, place for content of uh, release dates so that I can just like quickly go through it on say like a monthly basis. Cause I don't know how often we're going to be talking about this. I mean, we could talk about the same, eh, whatever, let's worry about that later. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys, man. Uh, and then what else was I going to say? Yeah, so so then sneaker release topic, then a sports topic, and then this Q&A segment, which we'll probably keep live because this was fun. And then actually, I'm thinking I'll just shout out whoever stuck around till the end of the live um, to, uh, to appreciate my support for sticking around. Although, I mean, there's no way to prove that uh, everyone stuck around, but, uh, you know, idea, what idea. So we got uh, Sheena, Kaplan Morgan, Oscar Shah, Unable to join, <laughs> Matteo Cabrera, um, Sam Franchick, uh, John tu- John Tewksbury, uh, Jeray Worldwide, uh, Mario Soria, Demetrio Robles, uh, pa- Pastry Playhouse, Lucas Carrot, and Maximilian Lutz, 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 whichever one that is. So appreciate you guys. And we got a late entrant, uh, Wood Fishes. Nice. It is what it is for certain. Thanks for joining, guys. I'm going to sign off on you. Bye. All right. That was fun, folks. So that was the live segment. Um, I'm feeling it. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I got to eat dinner. Sun's starting to fade a little bit. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Maybe we will make this a very recurring thing. Maybe even like a daily thing. I could probably do this daily for an hour. I think it's possible. Uh, if not, at least, you know, a couple of times a week, or if not more. Um, 
And then again, I've referenced this in a previous episode, but uh, we'll be planning to do like a, um, uh, anytime I have like a guest on, we'll just, you know, kind of keep it casual, probably not stick to the same format and just go from there. So, hey, yo, what it do? Thanks for joining in on the podcast. We'll see you around. Bye. Peace.